1: This podcast is brought to you by Dr. Kirk Elliott, PhD. In an uncertain economy, if you're looking for wealth management solutions and financial advice, go to kirkelliottphd.com and make an appointment today. Hi, everybody. I am Monica Crowley in today and all week for my great friend Dinesh D'Souza. Again, big thanks to Dinesh and Debbie for inviting me to be with you all week. It's been a great, great time. All right. Coming up today, we're going to talk about the latest in warfare against not just President Trump, But the rest of us, America first and really the Constitution, if we want to be honest here, this is an across the board assault. We're going to talk about the latest on the Colorado Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, and how it fits into a much bigger picture here of what is going on in this country. Also, today, we've got some glimmers of hope. Some glimmers of light that I want to cover as well to give you a sense of optimism, because we do cover a lot of dark stuff because we need to deal in reality, but we'll give you some optimism and reasons to be hopeful coming up on the show today as well. And we're going to be joined by my good friend, the great actor, Kevin Sorbo. He's going to join us to talk to us about his new movies and where we are in the culture, because there's a war going on in the culture as well. Don't forget my podcast called the Monica Crowley Podcast, wherever you get your podcast Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, please go check it out. I've got a phenomenal show coming up today as well, where I'm just going to breathe fire like I do on this show, not to be missed, the Monica Crowley Podcast. And please check me out on social media, Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore, and Twitter and true social at Monica Crowley. This Is the Dinesh D'Souza Show?
0: America needs this voice. The times are crazy, in a time of confusion, division, and lies. We need a brave voice of reason, understanding, and truth. This is the Dinesh D'Souza Podcast.
1: Our enemies have always told us exactly who they are, what they believe, and what they intend to do. And this has been true throughout history. So whether you're looking at Adolf Hitler, who wrote Mein Kampf while in prison, laid it all out. So when he came to power and began wreaking violence, chaos, mass murder, and mayhem, it should not have come as a surprise to us. Mao Zedong with this little red book, laying it all out. Our enemies always tip their hand and signal to us exactly who they are, what they believe, and what they have planned. And yet, so many of us in the West, and particularly here in the United States, because we're such a young country, in many ways, we're still very naive. We still are very idealistic, and we're still, um, we still like to indulge in wishful thinking that perhaps our enemies aren't quite as bad. As they actually are. And of course, that leads to our detriment because when they do lay out the plan and we disregard it, well, they don't really mean it. They're not really intent on doing what they're telling us they're going to do. When it actually happens, then guys, we are totally unprepared and we end up playing catch up. And the ultimate conflict, right? The ultimate conflagration ends up being a lot worse than it would have been if we took them seriously at the outset. We have this situation going on right now in the United States. And unfortunately, guys, the enemy is within. And I talk about this a lot when I give speeches, and I want to make this point really clear on this show here today. Because the American mind is still very young, and as I said, idealistic because the country is still relatively young and idealistic, We, as the American people, because we are fundamentally good people on top of it all, we have a very difficult time processing real evil. We have a very difficult time understanding that evil is real and that it's here and that it seeks our destruction. Now, it's one thing throughout American history to deal with enemies that are external to the country. We know how to do that. Right, we know we might be late to the party, uh, but we know how to deal with enemies like the Nazis, like the Soviet Union, like terrorist organizations. We know how to do that and we do it pretty well when we actually have real leadership in the White House. We do it pretty well. We've got the strongest military in the world, a major nuclear arsenal. We can handle external enemies. What we have a very difficult time dealing with is the enemy within. And we saw it once before in a major catastrophic way, and that, of course, was the Civil War. That was brother against brother, father against son, family against family, and it it almost destroyed the United States. We are now facing a similar kind of dynamic where we have a very committed enemy bent on our destruction, bent on the destruction of the Constitution and the free market system, everything that has made America great and good, they are bent on that destruction and and removing us as obstacles to their ultimate goal of destroying the country and the Constitution and the free market system. They are within. They are the enemies within. So when we talk about the weaponization of government, that's what we're talking about. When we talk about the Marxist takeover of our schools, of our culture, the government, the economy, this is what we're talking about, the enemy within. And that is something that we as Americans don't really know fully how to deal with, because it is our fellow Americans. We haven't had to really confront something like this again since the Civil War all those years ago. So it is very difficult for the American mind to wrap itself around the idea that our fellow Americans are bent on our destruction and the destruction of the country. When I speak to groups and I make this point, I can see people like nodding because they don't want to believe that the FBI agent down the street that comes to the Christmas caroling uh, in the neighborhood is bent on his destruction. But in fact, we are seeing this over and over again. Dinesh did this incredibly important movie called Police State, which lays all of this out. But again, we are late to the game, those of us who see it clearly and understand it or coming to an understanding of it, because we don't want to think this way. We don't want to think our fellow Americans are capable of doing this kind of thing. More and more Americans now are waking up to that reality. It's a harsh and brutal reality, but more Americans are now seeing it and now understand the nature of the threat within. I say all of this to frame what we're going to talk about today, which is the fallout from the Colorado Supreme Court coming out with this absolutely unprecedented decision to bar Donald Trump from the primary ballot in the state of Colorado. And I want to hit a quick break here and then come back and break down more of what we know since we did yesterday's show. We've got more developments here, and I've got a lot of really big points that I want to make about this in the context of the enemy within, because uh, they are showing us, as I said, our enemies always tip their hand. They tell us who they are, what they believe, and what they intend to do. And the Colorado Supreme Court actually did us a huge favor with this completely unconstitutional and outrageous ruling. So we're going to break that apart, along with some really big points to arm you going into next year, when all of this stuff is going to ramp up even more. Sit tight. This time of year is so hectic, right guys? We're all totally exhausted going into the holidays. Well, I have good news for you because my pillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever and just in time for Christmas. For a limited time, get the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety-eight. I've got the Giza Dream Sheets. They are amazing. Best sleep ever. Uh, you can also get a set of pillowcases for only $9.98 and rejuvenate your bed with a My Pillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. I've got the mattress topper, guys, and I sleep like a baby, which for me is hard to do because I always have sleep issues. My Pillow also has blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles, and they even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more, all with the biggest discounts of the year happening right now. They're also extending their money back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st of 2024, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everybody you know. So just go to mypillow.com and use promo code Dinesh or call 800 800- 876-0227, and you'll get huge discounts on all of the My Pillow bedding products. So when our enemies tell us exactly who they are and what they're doing, they also engage in projection, which is accusing us, whether it's Donald Trump or the J6 protesters or you and me, accusing all of us of what they themselves are guilty of. So when you want to know what they are up to, just look at what they're accusing our side of. Case in point, those who are shrieking the loudest about threats to democracy, and here they mean Donald Trump, but they also mean America first. They mean you and me. Those who are shrieking the loudest about threats to democracy are the actual threats to democracy. You see how that works? They always tell us. So now I think, unfortunately, and you know, I just mentioned the Civil War. I'm not saying that we are going into armed conflict. Okay, I, I don't think that is likely because I I think we're in a different period of time. But I do think that we are getting dangerously close to a grave confrontation about the future of America and the nature of this country and what it is. And what it should be. That's why when we're going into 2024, my thinking on this, and you know, we talk a lot about the different candidates and the fact that voting is only a couple of weeks away. But 2024 to me looks like less a contest between two candidates, Trump and Biden, Trump and Michelle Obama, Trump and Gavin Newsom, who knows? But it looks less of a contest between two candidates. And more of an election about two groups of forces, the force that wants to destroy America and is close to actually doing it, and the force that wants to save America, which is you and me. When you look at the election in that framing, you'll actually see it's quite helpful to our side because it's less about the personalities. And I mean, I love President Trump. I consider him a friend. I cannot wait to vote for him again. Um, But, you know, a lot of people have issues with this personality, the mean tweets. I think it's all absurd, but you know that it is a real issue for a lot of people who may have loved his policies and saw America thriving, but have a little bit of an issue with, with him. This kind of framing actually helps us because it kind of strips away from the candidate's personality and takes us into... A much more existential kind of question. It even elevates the election really out of policy, out of you know the economy and the border and law and order and foreign policy, bringing peace to the world. All of those things President Trump is is going on, of course. But when we frame it in a much bigger picture and say, guys, this is an election between literal national life and death. Then it takes it up to the next level, and then it becomes a question of choose your fighter. Do you want Donald Trump, who delivered four years of peace and prosperity, or do you want the demented corrupt hack or somebody else uh, that the Democrats are going to choose to finish taking America off the cliff? When you frame the election that way, then I think it brings a much more profound sense to what we are all going to do, uh, next year in terms of this, uh, in terms of voting and the campaign. This is all by way of framing again the development that we saw this week with the Colorado Supreme Court and four unelected Democrat judges who again look exactly like you think they'd look just like that crazy judge in New York City. I mean, all of these people are out of central casting for Marxists right? Remember the movie Reds, Warren Beatty's famous movie about the communism? And he really, I mean, Warren Beatty, a legend and absolutely gorgeous and handsome. And he had like Diane Keaton. He had uh, all of these like gorgeous women in the movie and all the Marxist revolutionaries were beautiful. In the real world, it doesn't work that way. Marxist revolutionaries look like the judge in New York and the four Democrats on the Colorado Supreme Court. What we saw here this week, guys, is exactly what I'm laying out. And they actually, like I said, did us a huge favor because anytime the Marxists do something outrageous and unconstitutional and illegal like this, they do us a big favor because it puts their revolution into bold relief. Now what we have here is a legal coup. And I think a lot of voters now see it for what it is, not just what Colorado did, but Jack Smith, Merrick Garland, Joe Biden, what they are all doing to Donald Trump. These are legal coups. And in the state of Colorado now, you don't just have voter disenfranchisement, you have voter elimination. Think about this, guys. You know how the left is always talking about uh, voter disenfranchisement. And we've seen that in Atlanta, remember with the Georgia voting and the left alighted on the state of Georgia. And they said, oh, Major League Baseball should not have the all-star game here because Georgia just passed this voter integrity law that's going to disenfranchise African-Americans and so many others and people in poverty. They won't be able to get an ID. They won't be able to vote. So they're all for fighting voter disenfranchisement, um, you know, when they perceive or they're selling it on the left. But when they're disenfranchising voters on the right, Trump voters, oh, not only do they want that, they're going to turn the Constitution upside down to get it. They want you not voting They want America first destroyed. They want you eliminated from the scene. Okay, so obviously, you know, this is what they're doing here. And this is what this is all about. Guys, Americans are not going to tolerate being told that they cannot have a voice in next year's elections. They are simply not going to stand for being told you can vote for this person, but not for that person. And the long arm of the state Supreme Court is going to tell you that you can't vote for whom you want. It's completely outrageous, and the voters are not going to stand for it. There are other states where Supreme Courts have overruled this kind of movement based on the 14th Amendment. Donald Trump is an insurrectionist, therefore he needs to be barred because the 14th Amendment says so. First of all, he was never accused of insurrection except by by lunatics like Liz Cheney. He was never charged with insurrection and certainly never convicted of it. When Jack Smith and the J6 committee, that farce, when they had the chance, they didn't do it because they know that it's not true and the 14th Amendment does not apply. Still, these forces on the left, again, telling us exactly who they are, and what they're doing, they keep at it. They keep going. So other states have thrown this attempt out. This attempt is being funded by George Soros and his organizations, they never stop, and when they get a loss, unlike our side, we get a loss and we're like, oh, okay, uh, well, tomorrow's another day, have a nice day, and we move on. The left never moves on. The left keeps coming at it. So again, they keep coming back to Supreme Court in these states that have already thrown this out because they are absolutely relentless. They never stop. You know what, guys? They are like Alex Forrest, the Glenn Close character in Fatal Attraction. They are Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction where you think that you've stabbed it through the heart in the bathtub and you've got to walk away and then boom, they're back right up in your face trying to get you again. This is the left. They never stop. So Colorado, you know, this Supreme Court doesn't care if this is going to get thrown out to the at the U.S. Supreme Court, which it likely will, or at least we hope it will. That court is also hanging by a thread. So we hope and pray that the Supreme Court will step up here, not just on this, but on a whole range of other issues coming up to them. And when we uh, come back, I want to hit a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about the Supreme Court, because guys... The Supreme Court hates the political cases, hates it. So, we're going to talk about that and a very important friend of the court brief filed by a former U.S. Attorney General that could throw a monkey wrench in the entire thing. Sit tight. We all struggle with eating right, especially this time of year, right? I mean, forget about the fruits and the veggies. It's all cookies and cakes. Well, lucky for us, we've got balance of nature. And what better way to get all of your fruits and veggies plus fiber than with balance of nature? Balance of nature fruits and veggies are made from fresh whole produce and their produce is powdered after an advanced vacuum-cold process, which stabilizes the maximum nutrient content. And their Balance of Nature Fiber and Spice is a proprietary blend of fiber and 12 spices for overall and digestive health. So join everybody who is on the Balance of Nature train. I've taken it. It is excellent. Start your journey to better health right now. Call them at 800 2468 751, or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code AMERICA. Again, that's balanceofnature.com or call them at 800-2468-751 and get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code AMERICA. Okay, guys, welcome back. In a couple of minutes, we're going to be joined by the great Kevin Sorbo to talk about the culture and his new movies and books. So that is going to be phenomenal. Uh, first, though, I just I want to tie up what we've been talking about with regard to the Colorado Supreme Court, but how it fits into the much bigger revolution that we are being subjected to in this country to, in the words of Barack Obama, fundamentally transform the nation. Now, you guys will recall in 2007 and 2008, when Obama was running for president, he used this phrase, the fundamental transformation of the nation. Very few people stopped to think about, wait a minute, what does he mean by that? I did, maybe you did, but in the broader American society, People weren't stopping to think, wait a minute, what does he mean about the fundamental transformation of the nation? We think America is pretty good. It's got a pretty good Constitution, Bill of Rights, pretty good economic system. Nothing is perfect, but America comes damn near close, right? Well, now we know what he meant. And the Colorado Supreme Court decision All of the leftist assault going on in every single direction, it's all of a piece to fundamentally transform the nation. So now I think we're at a very dangerous moment where we could be barreling toward a confrontation of some kind over the very nature of America, what it means to be an American, and the future of this country. Because the American people are not going to stand for having the leading candidate for president, Donald Trump, taken off the ballot. Now, to their credit, you have some people on the Democratic side. You've got, you know, the Republican candidates for president as well condemning this. Because if you don't, you literally have no country. So between the wide open border and this leftist assault and the kind of election shenanigans that Dinesh has recounted and that we're getting more evidence of every day, the weaponization of government. We barely have a country now, okay? So it is uh, the hour is very late in America. The American people are going to stand for it, and the left knows that. And guys, I'm telling you, they keep pushing us and pushing us and pushing us, They don't care about these decisions. They care about the rule of law or due process. January 6th defendants, Donald Trump, it doesn't matter. They keep pushing us. And I wonder if they are really trying to spark civil unrest. You know, are they trying to create a pretext where you do have those of us who have absolutely had it understandably want to lash out? Are they trying to provoke us into lashing out? Because if we do that, then they have a pretext to crack down on us. And that means what, what does a crackdown look like? Well, I mean, we're seeing it in a lot of ways with the J6 defendants and, and other things, the silencing, the, the assault on your First Amendment rights, the assault on your Second Amendment rights, your Fourth Amendment rights. But what that looks like is, they want to censor you, which they're already doing, silence you, which they're already doing, harassing you, taking your guns, imprisoning you. All of these things, they're just looking for a pretext. Remember yesterday and the day before, we were talking about how if they don't have a pretext, they will create one because they're revolutionaries. This is what they do. So with the George Floyd um, uh, episode and his death, They created a narrative of uh, murder by cop and then perpetuated it, got it out there, had the propaganda press amplify it. And now these years later, we hear, oh, no, he didn't die by cop. He died of a fetal overdose. If they don't have a pretext, they will manufacture one. And I really fear now that they're pushing us and pushing us to get us to lash out so that they have the reason then to crack down on us in every possible way. Now, there are um, some silver linings here and some rays of hope. <laughs> okay, I want to leave you with rays of hope on this segment. The states still have enormous freedom, especially the red states. States, because of the 10th Amendment, and we've got a federal system still, um, there are states that have a free hand, And in the state of Colorado now, the GOP is saying, okay, well, if the Supreme Court doesn't hop in here and change this, we will then take matters into our own hands, and we won't have a primary. If they say Trump can't be on the primary ballot, we won't do a primary, we'll do a caucus. And that way, the people who want to vote for President Trump will, in fact, have a voice. Very good. That is excellent. We need to have all these different kinds of avenues to go around what the left is trying to do here. So that's number one. Number two, um, there are probably about 10 or 20 red states that could throw Joe Biden off the ballot. Texas, Florida, Louisiana, Mississippi, they're not publicly talking about it right now, although I think Governor Abbott in Texas may have said something. Ron DeSantis in Florida has also addressed this. So, okay, okay. You want to play that way, the battle is joined. It is long past time, guys, for our side to fight fire with fire. That doesn't mean break the law like they do. It doesn't mean tear down the constitution like they do, but it does mean using legal tactics to fight fire with fire. And we've it's long past time that we do this. So, conservative district attorneys, conservative state attorneys general, we should all be doing this. You want to play that game? Great. We, we're we going to play it too. And we're going to meet you and match you and beat you. So that's the the other point about this. Now, there is another ray of hope here um in terms of Jack Smith, different kind of case, also going before the Supreme Court. Breitbart is uh, reporting, and now other outlets have as well, that the special counsel, Jack Smith, may be totally unconstitutional. He and his office might be totally unconstitutional. And here's why. Breitbart says, Jack Smith's appointment of special counsel is unconstitutional. And so the Supreme Court must reject his petition against Donald Trump. Remember, Jack Smith has two cases um, moving against Trump. He's got the classified documents and he's got the January 6th, um, both of which are going to land at the Supreme Court. And by the way, The Supreme Court hates getting involved in these kinds of overtly political cases. So they must all be going like, oh, my God, all these cases are going to land in our lap. You know what? Sorry, guys and ladies on the Supreme Court, but this is your job. Your job is to handle the thorny constitutional questions, and they're all coming your way. So Breitbart continues that all of this is according to lawyers representing the former Attorney General Ed Meese, who served in the Reagan years as AG, and two top constitutional scholars in the country. They filed an amicus brief with the Supreme Court that is a friend of the court brief, and they argue that Jack Smith lacks authority to represent the United States by asking the Supreme Court to weigh in because the office he holds has not been created by Congress, and his appointment violates the appointments clause of the Constitution. So the plot thickens here in terms of the constitutional fight, right? The filing essentially claims that the current Attorney General Merrick Garland, who's the most radical uh, and, and most activist Attorney General we've ever had, that he improperly appointed Jack Smith to an office that does not exist without authority Garland does not possess. And me, Stephen Calabrese and uh, Gary Lawson uh, are arguing that only Congress can create federal offices such as Jack Smith currently holds, which Congress has not done. They go on to say, while the Constitution creates the offices of president and vice president, Congress has the sole authority to create additional offices because the Constitution says those offices must be, quote, established by law, meaning by Congress, right? So Congress previously passed a law to authorize a similar position called an independent council. Remember that statute? that statute expired in 1999. So they're arguing that all of this is moot, that because Congress did not establish Jack Smith's office, that he is illegitimate. Illegitimate. So the brief argues that because Jack Smith has so much power, just like a U.S. attorney, He is a, quote, principal officer under the Constitution's appointments clause, which means he must first be nominated by the president and then confirmed by a majority of the U.S. Senate. So, guys, (laughs) the constitutional plot thickens. There are a couple of unexpected routes here that could upend most, if not all, of these cases. So let's hope and pray that it makes it way to, its way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court actually steps up and applies the law. That would be very refreshing, right? Yes, indeed. All right, guys, uh, we're going to hit another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have a spectacular and fun, festive conversation with the great Kevin Sorbo. Sit tight. Well, the holidays are here, and I can't think of a better gift than feeling good again, right? It's better than getting any other gift, including a new car. So here's an idea, Relief Factor. Relief Factor is the gift that helps people relieve pain and feel good once again. Relief Factor is a daily supplement that helps your body fight back against pain. 100% drug-free, Relief Factor was developed by doctors searching for a better alternative for pain. Relief Factor uses a unique formula of natural ingredients like turmeric and omega-3s to help reduce or eliminate the everyday aches and pains you might be experiencing. Whether it's neck, back, joint, or muscle pain, Relief Factor can help you feel better. Unlike pills that simply mask your pain for a short amount of time, Relief Factor helps support your body's natural response to inflammation so you feel better all day every day see how relief factor can help you with their three-week quick start kit it's only 1995 and it comes with relief factors feel better or your money back guarantee so why not give it a try visit relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief that's 800 the number four relief when you feel the difference you know it works Well, today, I'm so honored and happy to welcome as our guest, the great Kevin Sorbo. Kevin, of course, is an incredibly accomplished actor. He is the Hercules legend. He starred in Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, has more than 90 films under his belt. And I got to tell you guys, in the 90s, when the show was on the air, uh, my boyfriend at the time was also obsessed with the show. So it was appointment TV for the two of us. He was watching for the stories and the action I was watching for Kevin Sorbo. What a hunk! Still such a hunk! So I am so blessed and honored now to call him my friend. On uh, social media, you can see him at at Kevin Sorbs, and he's got a brand new movie out called Christmas at Keystone, as well as another phenomenal movie called Miracle in East Texas. He also has a book called The Test of Lionhood all out now. We're going to talk to him about all of it, Including the bigger questions about the culture, Kevin Sorbo joins us now. Hi, Kev.
2: I want you to give me introductions every time I do any kind of. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, to paraphrase the now late Henry Kissinger in a different context, Kevin, it has the added virtue of being true.
2: <laughs> <Thank
1: you. laughs> so I'm welcome,
2: sure it's- I bet you did.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it has the added virtue of being true. Yes, Um, and it's great to talk to you, especially around the holidays. Merry Christmas yeah. to you and Sam and your beautiful family. I want to talk about all of your projects because okay. a lot of people, I think, you know, take a look. A lot of people on our side take a look at Hollywood mu- music, television, movies, and the broader culture. And they see like a monolith of left-wing activity and woke yeah. nonsense and then look at the folks on our side, you, Gina Carano, Kelsey Grammer, and there are so many others, and say, oh, man, you know, are the folks on our side who are conservatives in the business, are they getting real work? And I'm like, have you met Kevin Sorbo? Because you are wall-to-wall work, and I'm so happy to see it. Tell us first, since we are just a couple of days away from Christmas, tell us first about your new film, Christmas at Keystone. There it
2: is. 3D cover right there. And if you look at the bottom down there, there's uh, myself along with Corbin Burnson who starred in the movie with me. And it's a, it's a wonderful, touching movie. It's about, about a man that's got a business that's been going for a while now, but he lost his wife five years ago and she had passed away and he's finding love again for the second time. And, uh, he kind of really wants to now get, you know, really slowed down his business. He really wants to kind of have more of a life, but, uh, Corbin and I come in as business takeover specialists and we want him to stay on board and we come there to pressure him, not only, you know, to sell us basically his business to stay on board. Um, so he's got a, he's got a little battle going on because he, he does love the business that he built up, but he also has the one in life that he wants to have a, have a second chance with. So, um, he, he wise, he wisens up. And of course he, he, he goes, he goes for the love instead of just the, uh, the continuation of just being busy all the time in a, in, in a world of, uh, competitive business. So it's a wonderful touching movie and it's got, it's got all those things that people look for. And, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's got Hallmark sort of feel to it, but Hallmark's pretty, pretty, pretty big with people out there during the Christmas season. So this movie is a wonderful uh, movie for people to pick up.
1: Absolutely. Totally heartwarming and such mm-hmm. a great story, especially for this week, next week, heading into the new year. If you just yeah. want to get cozy with your family, some hot chocolate, a nice little down comforter from my fellow, um, you want to start streaming this movie. It's so great. Can you tell people where they can see it? Where can they get it?
2: It's on uh, Amazon. It's on YouTube. It's on DirecTV. It's on Fandango. It's on Apple TV. So it's everywhere. And uh, I'm sure you can find information on uh, getting a DVD as well. I know DVDs are sort of a a dying breed out there right now. I still like DVDs. I'm still old school. Like I like a real book. I don't want to have to read it off a computer. Even when I get scripts sent to me, I'll read the first pass on the on the computer if I'm interested in doing the role. But once I got it, I print out the script. So uh, I know those things are going to go bye bye one day. But right now, I, I give me the DVD anytime.
1: I am so with you on that. I'm totally old school. Like yeah. even with my newspapers, I'll read online when I have to, but I really love that tactile sense of actually holding the paper in my hand and you know, doing the pages, also books too. So I'm with you on the DVD thing as well. It really is. It's a lovely, lovely movie. And I want to say, you know, by way of framing this entire conversation with you, that our late great friend to Andrew Breitbart used to talk about how politics, even though everybody's obsessed with politics and the next election, as we should be, But that politics runs downstream from culture. Mm -hmm. So if you want to change our politics and want to bring our country back, you really have to first focus on the culture. That's what makes all of your content and what you and and Sorbo Studios do in turning this family-friendly stuff and faith-based content out. It's so important for the audience, for all of us to go and stream it and support it, to signal to Hollywood, that we have real power with our disposable income and with our eyeballs and what we choose to watch, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Hollywood gave me the boot about, you know, 10, 11 years ago. My agent, the manager, I mean, I was with them for decades and said, we can't work with it anymore because you're Christian and conservative. And I had to laugh because that's an industry that all screams for tolerance, right? But they have tolerance and freedom of speech is a one-way street. And the truth that Hollywood is kryptonite to them anyway, so... Um, you know, I I was fine with that. I mean, to me, I, I formed my wife. I formed Sorbo dot com. We've been doing our own thing. Um, a lot of the independent uh uh the productions out there reached out to me as well. I think the biggest problem we had was trying to raise three million bucks maybe to do an independent movie where people think that's a lot of a lot of money. But let's face it, that's catering budget on any Pirates of the Caribbean or these galaxy movies they are like three hundred million dollar movies. But Look, I get stopped all the time through airports and hotel lobbies and people. It's not Hercules or Mylar series, Andromeda, really. All the time now, it's God's Not Dead, What If, Soul Surfer, Let There Be Light, and those kind of movies. I s- say, please make those movies. Well, I'll tell you something. We need your support to make those movies successful. We don't have a $100 million advertising budget out of $3 million movies. So we need word of mouth. And so I know, Monica, you just mentioned that. We need people's support to fight back the the agenda that Hollywood has to that they keep forcing down our throats with all this hate and anger and violence and over-sexualized movies that they keep wanting to do. And I'm just doing the movies that they used to do. Movies that have hope and love and laughter and faith and redemption. Um, so I'm going to keep making those and I hope people keep supporting them.
1: With the masculine hero of the story, usually played by you, Mr. Serbo, it kind of harkens back to the era of John Wayne, where Hollywood was Pro-America. Let's hit a quick break, Kevin. And when we come back, I want to talk about your new movie as well called Miracle in East Texas. We'll talk about your new book and the culture more broadly. Sit tight. In this crazy, uncertain Biden economy, the best hedge against all of that is to diversify your portfolio. Now you can diversify your savings with physical precious metals while stockpiling silver in your home safe. It's Birch Gold Group's most popular special of the year. Now through December 22nd, for every $5,000 you spend with Birch Gold, they'll send you a one-ounce Silver Eagle coin for free. Text Dinesh to 989-898 to claim your eligibility now. You can purchase gold and silver and have it shipped directly to your home, Or have Birch Gold's Precious Metal Specialists help you to convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold for no money out of pocket. And they'll send you free silver for every $5,000 you purchase. Keep it for yourself. You can hoard it if you want, or you can give something with real value to those you care about as a stocking stuffer this year. It makes a great gift. Just text the keyword Dinesh to nine eight nine eight nine eight to claim your eligibility. With an A plus rating with a better business bureau and thousands of happy customers, now is the best time to buy gold from Birch Gold. Text Dinesh to nine eight nine eight nine eight and claim your eligibility for free silver on qualifying purchases before december twenty second. Okay, welcome back. We're rejoined by the great Kevin Sorbo. His new movie is called Christmas at Keystone. Very charming. And he's got another brand new one out, which is an amazing true story called Miracle in East Texas. Tell us about that one. There it is.
2: There it is. The DVD is fresh. Just came off the hot press right now. This is. I, I was very fortunate to direct this movie. It's a wonderful true story set in 1930 about the largest oil find in the history of the world. And, um, my wife is in it. John Ratzenberger's in it. Lou Gossett Jr. is in it. Tyler Main's in it. And we got a great cast. And, um, it's about two con men played by myself and John Ratzenberger that went through Oklahoma and Texas that would rule widows out of the money on fake oil wells. They would sell 500% of the shares. These are guys were like really polished flim flam men. They get to Kilgore, Texas. They strike oil by accident and ends up being the largest oil uh, strike in the history of the world. Of course, they get arrested because they sell 500% of the shares. You only have 100% of anything. So, um, all the widows that they basically ripped off come down for the court scene. Uh, my wife, Sam is one of those widows and she has an amazing scene in the courtroom that sort of steals the movie. And it's just, it's touching. It's funny. It's true. There's redemption. Even though these guys are, are con men, they use biblical verses and they use Shakespeare to woo these widows. Uh, the reality is they both, especially my character realizes, the road he's been on is not a good road and uh there's a wonderful twist at the end of the movie a lot of laughter it's a PG rated film it's got the, the Dove approval award on it um it's just a wonderful touching movie written by Dan Gordon who's an amazing writer he wrote The Hurricane Denzel Washington White Herb Kevin Costner he wrote uh he was a showrunner on Highway to Heaven with Michael Landon and he wrote just a very touching touching story and I've got three more of his scripts we're trying to get off the ground right now as well
1: the heavy in this movie at Miracle in East Texas. Usually you're the charming superhero like Hercules or the great dad, you know, in some of these heartwarming films. Do you like playing the bad guy?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I don't look at this guy as really a bad guy. He is a bad guy, but he's, 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 he's he is a smooth operator. There's no question about it. But at the same time, there is redemption for his character. And it's like you said, at the end of the movie is true. What happens to him is true. So I don't, I don't want to give too much away. To people who haven't seen it yet. So then go to sorbostudios.com right now, sorbostudios.com and get an autographed copy by myself and my wife and we'll ship it out to you. And, uh, I think you'll love it. Our first, our first, uh, printing of all the DVDs sold out immediately. So we're, okay. we're in the process of printing more right now.
1: Yep. I remember when Miracle in the East Texas came out a couple of uh, months ago now, I guess. I had you on my podcast to talk about it. It's a really great movie. And the thing that's so great about all these movies that you do and Sorbo Studios put out, Kevin, is the quality, the quality of the writing, quality of the acting, of course, but also the sets, the costuming. I mean, there's so many elements that go into a film and you guys are really on it producing quality content.
2: Well, you know, we're lucky. When you look at the technology we have today, you don't have to have a $300 million movie. If you look at most of those movies, 50% of those movies or more are all visual effects. Right. You got Spider-Man, but half the time it's a cartoon of him just swinging around from building to building. It's not the real actor, obviously. So we're doing movies, like you said, like Hollywood used to do. And, uh, it's, it's the technology and, uh, the, the people on both sides of the camera, you know, these are wonderfully trained people that want to be part of this. Through, through Sorbo Studios, I get, I get emails all the time from people in Hollywood that say, look, I'm tired of the movies I'm working on. I really love the family movies that you're doing. If you ever need a, a DP or you need a wardrobe person or a hair and makeup, please keep my resume and get a hold of me. So it's wonderful to see that, to see that there's a lot of people in Hollywood. That, uh, really are, are tired of the messaging of the movies that they're involved in. I get, I get people every movie I've been doing the last six years, whether it's an actor, a, a director, a camera guy, they come up to me very quietly and I say, Hey, thanks for being a voice for us. And I go, well, you know, be a voice for yourself, you know, but we got to wake people up. We got to wake up the lions because the sheep are going to be sheep and we need people to start fighting back and not letting government, not letting a media, not letting Hollywood. Control ourselves because fear is government's favorite weapon and they're using that to, to very, in a very good way to hold people back. I stopped holding back a while ago. That's why I got banned from Facebook and banned from LinkedIn for sal- you know, speaking the truth. In fact, one of my posts on Twitter was I need more conspiracy theories because all of mine keep coming true.
1: <laughs> That's right. And also courage is contagious. Yeah. So when you put out films like this that do very well, and yep. we've got now Angel Studios as well as Sorbo Studios putting out this kind of content, when we support it, it does get Hollywood's attention and it gets some politicians' attention too. Yep. Um, tell us about, you know, speaking about movies that Hollywood used to do, John Wayne, you know, when men were men, you've got a new book out called The Test of Lionhood. Yeah. And I think you got it there. Show us the cover. There it is. Here. Tell us about this and why you wrote it.
2: Uh, it's with Brave Books. Go to bravebooks.com. You can order my book for free and you'll just sign up for a year with them. They're wonderful. They do movies. They do books that really that like, gear between 4 and 11 years old, 4 and 12 years old. And they, they put really strong moral values. They put uh, fun in there. They put humor in there. They put stories that help guide you. Because they're, they're one- look, look at the books that they're putting out for third graders and fourth graders. You know, where they do pencil drawings of, 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 of adults having sex with each other, how to have sex, how to, I mean, it's, it's crazy. The third and fourth graders really, you know, so people are getting sick of it. And Brave Books came to me when I wanted to fight back against this ridiculous, toxic masculinity thing they wanted to act. I say embrace masculinity. Men are men, women are women. Do they have some common things? No question. But ultimately, are there a lot of different things they both bring to the family as well? If you look at sitcoms over the last 40, 50 years, a lot of these sitcoms, the dads are out of shape. The mom is a hot babe. The, the teenage kids make fun of dad. He's the idiot in the family. So we're teaching these kids through all these generations now that the father's not important, that you don't need a father in your life. And it's really sad what we're doing because if you look at you, you got, I can take the black community, for instance, and um, you, you look what's going on now. 80 percent of these kids are being raised out a father. And look at the repetition of of crime of gangs, of, of prison sentences. I mean, it goes on and on and on. People, you know, they want to call me a racist for that. No, I'm just pointing out facts and statistics, which you know is kryptonite to the left. They hate the truth. They don't want anything to do with the truth or reality. They want to live in this so-so, you know, crazy fantasy world. But... Um, this book really, all it, all it is, is a wonderful story about Lucas, the lion cub that saves his younger sister life. They're out playing in the woods together. His father's telling him everything about the woods and the mountains near them. And his little sister gets cut by a poisonous plant. She's going to die. He has no time to run back to get his father or, or his mother. He has to find courage within himself to run up that hill and find that one flower that's going to save his, her sister's life. It's just a wonderful, touching story about letting kids be kids and find their own way in the world.
1: Yeah, it's not just about gender roles, it's about le- allowing children to have the innocence that right. was to be totally stripped away from them by the left by the leftist culture, where they're getting mixed signals about what gender they are. The most basic element of humanity, right, is being stripped away. And it's all part of creating a standing army for the Marxist left. And it's also about destroying the nuclear family for the left. And so all these things are working together to that end. That's why we need films and books like this, right?
2: Well, that's where you look at groups like Antifa or BLM. I have BLM uh, manifesto printed out before they took it down because their whole thing is they say they're Marxist. They believe in communism. They believe in getting rid of God. They believe in getting rid of the family. They said, let's get rid of the family. And they believe in, uh, they believe in what was the other thing they were talking about? Just crazy. Oh, that women getting pregnant was, was slavery. And I thought, well, that's interesting. So if we stop, if women stop getting pregnant right now, how many, what do you got? A hundred years and there'll be no humans left on the planet. I mean, it's just weird to me that we, we, we listen to these kind of people. Then you find out that two of the three people that are running, uh, the BLM that are running it are, are transgenders. Then you're going, okay. I mean, that's just, I don't know. I mean, it, it, the, the world is wacky right now and I'm going to keep fighting it with good movies. That's what people keep asking me they want to see. So I'm going to keep doing it that way because I enjoy making movies that Hollywood used to make.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we enjoy seeing them. So we need more content like this. All right, Kevin, please stand by. Much more with the great Kevin Sorbo coming straight up. Well, we're into the holidays. And if you're like me, you love to go to the movies this time of year, right? Well, this Christmas, the new film from director George Clooney arrives. It's a rags to riches absolute crowd pleaser based on the number one New York Times bestselling book the inspirational true story about one of the most difficult sports in the world and the 1936 University of Washington college rowing team that competed for gold at the Summer Games in Berlin. This story will totally inspire you. This team rowed out of need, need to eat, Ain't to sleep, and it gave them an edge that captures the power of working together to overcome all odds while rowing for America. You know, they don't make movies like this anymore, and this one is filled with wholesome content that makes it the ideal multi-generational movie for the holidays. Joel Edgerton and Callum Turner star in this exciting and incredible story of courage, hard work, and determination, showcasing America at its very best. Believe in each other, believe in the impossible, The Boys in the Boat. It opens Christmas Day in theaters only, so get your tickets now, boysintheboatmovie.com. Okay, we're back with Kevin Sorbo. You can find him on social media at K Sorbs. His new book is uh The Test of Lionhood. Go get it. Also, new films, Christmas and Keystone and Miracle in East Texas. Stream them over the holidays with your family. You're going to love it. Um, Kevin, let's talk a little bit about the broader culture in America because we are under leftist, communist, Marxist assault, and we have been for a really long time. We mentioned John Wayne, those movies in the 1940s, 1950s, where men were men, right? Uh, Westerns, the spaghetti Westerns and everything. But there was an overall sense in Hollywood, especially during World War II, but immediately after, that Hollywood, because of its cultural power, had a real responsibility to support America and the American people. That went out the window maybe in the 1960s, right, with all countercultural revolution. But give us your sense of when that change happened, how and why it it happened, and how we got to this point.
2: I agree. I think 1960s were huge. I mean, you know, with the assassins of Kennedy and his brother and Martin Luther King, and you had the uh, the whole hippie movement and the rock and roll was really taken off and the Vietnam War, all this stuff was going on. And it became this whole sort of culture, counterculture thing. And Hollywood certainly just you know, embraced it and moved on with it because the movies they did, all of a sudden it wasn't embracing uh, John Wayne or, or Gary Cooper. It was embracing the, the anti-hero, the bad guy. I mean, look, I'm a big fan of Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Where the reason I want to be an actor was their movies. I love Butch casting and Sundance Kid, but I, I look—I'm realistic when I look at it because the reality of those those criminals in real life weren't good-looking dudes. They weren't—they weren't smooth operators. They were not guys that were like just really—you know—quick with the one-line blip that they can laugh. As it were, in the movies, we're bad guys that killed people, but we glorified them, and they've been doing that more and more through the decades in movies. Where, and we look at Dexter. Dexter was like a sicko, psychotic guy. And I think we get, we forgave him because he was killing other sicko guys, so I guess we gave him a pass with that. But it's it's strange that this is where the Hollywood's going and it's getting more and more and more. The internet is the Wild West. Look what's doing to kids out there. Kids are committing suicide because a, a woman, I mean, a young girl will post a picture of herself and thousands of people around the world will say, oh, you're ugly. You know, and they said, and they, these kids, the suicide rates are skyrocketed with teenagers and stuff. So it's crazy what we're putting out there right now. And it's crazy that people aren't paying more attention to it. So I, I to me, it's, it's the things I mentioned in the 60s, it's really just sort of multiplied on itself. And I'm, I'm trying to combat that and try to come out more with a more positive way. I get stuff all the time by people saying, please keep making your movies. We know that Hollywood hates you and all these people I hate and you get attacked. I can post anything on Twitter at K I can post anything. And there's people, there's a, there's like a percentage of people that just waiting for me to post just to hate on me. It doesn't affect my life. I still feel sad for these guys. I really do because I don't care. These people by attacking someone like you or attacking someone like me, they think maybe maybe for a short time it makes them feel better about themselves, but the reality is just keeps sinking and dirt darker and darker in that world that they live in. So they just fill with more anger and hate. You know, you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself, but I guarantee you these people don't love themselves. They look in the mirror and hate what they see. And how do they react to that? Well, they they, they lash out at people like you and me. And um, it's it's unfortunate that we got doing that. I mean, the number of people that have any sort of love in their lives, any sort of religion in their lives. I mean, we're this country's is following exactly the same pattern that Europe went through right now. The vast majority of Europe is now agnostic or atheist, and it's starting to infiltrate over here very, very quickly. And uh, look at the results of that. Education system absolutely is appalling. Universities, appalling. Um, you follow Bill Maher like I do with some of the things he says, and he said, don't send your kids to universities. Bill Maher. He said a number of things over this last year on his show that really make him sound more like someone's conservative than he is. But the thing is, he says, look, I'm still a Democrat. I just believe in common sense. It is not wrong. Common sense has gone out the window.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's common sense. And, you know, you talk about the operatives on the left. They're all revolutionaries. Marxist revolutionaries are generally speaking, A, not good looking. Okay. You're not seeing like Cindy Crawford being a Marxist revolutionary. And B, you know, they're gen- generally unhappy. Yeah. Because they're, they're seeking a transformation of the world that goes against human nature. So you've got the transhumanist part of this, you've got the economic Marxism, the cultural Marxism, everything that you've laid out about Hollywood is the cultural Marxist assault. And people need to see it that way. You know, when Disney goes woke, let's take Disney, for example. But we've seen this now with Bud Light and Target and people in retail. Um, we are now starting to feel our own power and saying this is nonsense and we're going to take our disposable income elsewhere. So we're not going to go see those Disney movies to teach them a lesson. Disney now has lost how much money? And do you think that they're going to change? Like, do they get it or do they not get it or do they get it and not care?
2: If they're going to continue the next few years, losing one and a half billion dollars, like they're losing this year, there won't be any Disney anymore. And trust me, Walt Disney is flipping his grave of what they've done to his name because that's not what he would uh, he would not have let had this happen there's no possible way to let this happen and uh it's just what what, how would what they're forcing down people's throats is just amazing to me and uh, you know I did a movie called let there be light that did very very well and Netflix called me after the opening weekend because we finished number two per screen average against Thor Ragnarok we were a 2.3 million dollar movie that that um Sean Hannity funded, by the way, against a $300 million Thor Ragnarok movie. So Netflix called me and we took four meetings over the next few months saying we want to open an inspirational division. I said, great. I got the product and there's plenty of other people that got the same type of product I got, you know, with wonderful stories for families. Not corny stories, just good stories. You can still have action. You can still have, you can look at Blindside. Blindside was definitely a faith-based movie. But people that didn't have faith looked at it as a good sports movie, but the message still got to them, right? So I had these meetings with, and I realized by the fourth meeting, I said, my God, you guys, you got to get past your ideology and hate towards conservatives and Christians. You are a capitalist business. Trust me, Netflix and Amazon love making money. So to me, it's it's weird that they want to fight back and, and not do movies that want to reach 80 million homes out there that want to see these kind of movies. So uh, they better wake up. Otherwise, they're going to go out of business.
1: Is Netflix going to move
2: forward with you and sort of yeah. that? It, 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 it's been five years. They didn't move forward. So
1: they, so they never came back to you. No. No. That is absolutely insane because we think of these industries and businesses as being economically rational that, okay, they want to make money. They want to uh, make sure their shareholders are making money and, and the consumers taking care of and getting what it needs. And yet... They won't do it. So no. the ideology trumps even making money. It's insane. I could,
2: I could tell when I was in that, when I talked, there was a group of 12 people each side, like four meetings I had over the few months. And I got a, I got a call. I won't out that person, but said to me, you know what? I'm on your side, but I have to keep my mouth shut. Mm-hmm. And that works in Netflix. So, uh, I'm sure Netflix has more than one person that agrees with the type of movies that I put out. Uh, and they probably want to do it, but they got a good job and they don't want to lose it. And I, I, I tell you, I get people on movie sets all the time coming up saying, thanks for being a voice for us. Well, I'm here to wake up the lions and sheep are going to be sheep. We need to wake up and not let government, which in, in Disney and, and uh, Hollywood, use fear as their weapon because they do. They love using fear as their weapon against us. And COVID showed that bright and bright and uh, quickly to all of us what they want to do. And people need to stop letting fear rule their lives.
1: Yep. It's all about power and control for yep. them. And, and you're exactly right. And the courage is in fact contagious. Yeah. Um, you know, if they keep getting socked in the bottom line, maybe they'll change. But in so many of these companies, Kevin, and you see it in the big entertainment companies, the inmates are running the asylum. Yeah. So even if you were to have, even if. You you know, you were to have a conservative or at least a moderate, a common sense CEO. You've got all these millennial and Gen Z workers who threaten a major social media boycott, you know, flash mobs on social media to boycott and destroy the company. And a lot of these CEOs are cowards and are just like, you know what, let me take the path of least resistance, put out the woke stuff. Don't embrace the conservative or faith based stuff and and call it a day. Well, you know what? That day is long since passed, right? It's too late to go down that route.
2: Yeah, look at look at these big companies. You know who they are. These are big blue chip dial companies that gave millions of dollars to BLM because they didn't want to come across as they were racist. And what did the BLM people do with that money? They did nothing to improve black lives. They improved their own lives. They took that money and bought homes. That's out there. They bought trips about all this kind of stuff. And yet we let this stuff go on all the time and people will go stone us. Don't say anything about it. Yeah. It's crazy to me that they're, they're, this whole thing about they're doing that, that kind of money. I mean, I meet people all the time that have big money. I can't, I, it's like, Wait a minute! You're you're a multi billionaire. Three million dollars to you. You make that on a day on the interest off your billions of dollars. And I can't get them to invest in my movies. They have a good message, but they're going to give millions to BLM. I mean, it's just it's weird. You look what's going on in California. We left five years ago because they destroyed that state, and yet they keep they keep Newsom in the office. What I mean, what is wrong with people? Look at San Francisco. Look at LA. Look at the crime. Look at you these governors and these mayors that let people go into stores and steal thousands of dollars every day. Yep. Of course, businesses are going to move. I heard that every single Walgreens in San Francisco, like 27 of them left, they closed down. Costco's closed down. It's like, and they're mad at them leaving? Well, what choice mm-hmm. is that? You can't keep a business going if you're losing $100,000 a day. It's crazy.
1: Yep, that's it. And Chicago, too. I mean, Chicago, yeah, was Chicago were so lightfoot and the crime and just the out of control nature of the city that they booted her. But then they installed a devout Marxist, somebody who is far worse than Lori Lightfoot. So, you know, it seems to me, Kevin, that people have to hit rock bottom before they actually put their vote to the consequences of their vote. And maybe we're not there yet, but I think we're getting very close. Um, Kevin, we're going to leave it let you go and go back to playing golf and saving the culture. The new movie is called Christmas at Keystone. It's incredible, great holiday fair for you and your family over the next couple of weeks and beyond. And also Miracle in East Texas, a phenomenal uh, like faith-based, just family-friendly film. So please see that as well. And the book, the test of lionhood for your kids and adults alike on the gender madness and keeping kids as innocent as possible. Support all of Kevin's content sorbostudios.com. Please, this is the only way we're going to change the culture and the country. Kevin, God bless. Merry Christmas.
2: Merry Christmas, Monica. Thank you for uh, having me. On. I appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Thank you. Such a great show today, guys. Thank you so much for being here. It's such a pleasure. And I will join you right back here tomorrow, where I think we're going to cover the latest on illegal immigration and the border. We've got so much coming at us even during this holiday week. Also, tomorrow, we're going to have some big laughs because it is going to be a Friday before uh, Christmas. So we got to have some fun. We're going to be joined by A.J. Rice, who is absolutely hilarious, and that conversation is not to be missed. Also, please check out my podcast, the Monica Crowley Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Please join me for my show, which is pure fire. If you like what you're seeing here, you're going to love my podcast, so please go check it out. And check me out on social media, Instagram, at Monica Crowley underscore, and Twitter, and true social at Monica Crowley. Have a great day.
0: Subscribe to the Dinesh D'Souza podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify or watch on Rumble, YouTube, and SalemNow.com.